Our guest today is Nino Pernetti, founder of Café Abrachi, located in Coral Gables. Café Abrachi has been around for 31 years from when it opened its doors in 1989. We're going to get to know Nino and the story behind Café Abrachi. Welcome to Miami Global Net Podcast, where we discuss Miami's international relations. We will showcase Miami's international diplomatic and business landscape and get to know the innovative startups calling Miami home. Meet the people behind the organizations that contribute to Miami's commercial and cultural international growth. Nino, welcome to, to the show. Thank you for joining us today. Thank, thank you. It's a pleasure. So I am, uh, this, is, this is the first restaurant that we're doing for the podcast, so I am excited. I am a foodie myself, so I, I, this is, this is going to be exciting. Great. <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> the first, I'm, a, I'm a little bit nervous then. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not, no. I'm not nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so before we dive into Cafe Abrachi, um, tell us a little, bit, a little bit about yourself. Where, where are you from? I am Italian from Italy, as I used to say all the time. When they asked me, are you Italian from where? And I'm Italian from Italy. Now, I'm born in outskirts of Venice. And uh, I lived there until a young age. Then I left to go to work as a waiter in different countries in Europe. I attended a hotel school in my country for three years. And then I joined... Uh, the intercontinental chain at that time was owned by Pan Am American Airways. And uh, through them, I worked for about 30 years. I worked many countries around the world. I mentioned a few, uh, Africa, or Zambia, Mexico, Colombia, and Venezuela, and uh, Turkey, Istanbul, Kabul, Afghanistan, and Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur, and uh, South Korea, Seoul. And that's why I did my career. Basically, I'm missing some countries I've been working with so many places. And then I ended up in Miami. Wow, that's, that's quite the travel around the world, literally. Uh, it certainly is. In fact, I even wrote, wrote a book which my editor was the late Ferdi Pacheco, what they call the, the Ring Doctor. And the book, uh, hardcover book, the title was uh, Nino Spernetti, he's traveled his life and traveled around the world. So that's, that's uh, it's quite, a, quite a story. It, it, during, during these travels, has it always been working for hotels and in, the in, the, um, in this type of industry? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, that's, uh, I've been in this business all my life. Yes, always in the hospitality business, what we call it. Yeah. The hospitality business, that's right. Right. Um, how, was, how was South Korea? You said Seoul, South right? South Korea was, was Seoul, yes. That uh -huh. uh, was there, I believe, uh, probably 1969, 1970. And that was the first American hotel, and uh, and that hotel belonged to American Airlines, so so it was exciting. 
or it's exciting a new country, a new language, new culture, new way of eating, different things. It was my first job in Asia. And, um, and, and believe it, when you're in these countries, uh, it's different than what you read. You live there, and I enjoy, I enjoy immensely going there. And I learned some Korea at that time. Uh, I forgot maybe a little bit now, but once you're there, and uh, I found a very pleasant, very nice people, very hardworking. You know, when I used to play soccer, I always thought, because they're so fast and, and everywhere, Instead to be 11 players, we were 13 or 14 players because we were running left and right everywhere. So I, I enjoyed that. You must know several languages, right? I do. I speak several languages. How many? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Siete. So, siete. <laughs> siete, that's right. Which ones are those? First is uh, foremost is my own Italian, Italian, of course, and uh, German because I work in Germany and uh, English, of course, French because I work uh, twice. They sent me to Brussels, Belgium, and then they sent me to Paris, France, obviously, as an executive. I was the manager of the big hotel. I speak Portuguese. I speak Spanish because I work in those countries. Mm-hmm. And I speak Turkish because I worked in Istanbul. Uh, and, and even there, I, you pick up the language, you know. I can imagine when you were there, you're living there, you're working there. I mean, it's yeah. like second nature. All right. Uh, you know, when you are in these countries, it's easy to, to, to learn a language when you are there, you know. So that's when I learned the language. Out of all these countries you've been in, which one did you enjoy the most? <laughs> you know, uh, it's funny because this is always the question I've been asked. First question always. is different. Every country, every culture is different. Every people, every religion is different. So... And I talk every country. I went there with a guy, a great enthusiast, because I knew I would have been there for a year, year and a half, two years. So, and you take as it is. As a, as a practice, what I did, each time they transfer me, I bought a book of the country where I was going to work, to read and understand their culture the way of living, the modus operandi. So you come in not as strong because, uh, to give you an example, when I went to, uh, to Istanbul to say yes, to say no, I mean, they say yok and they do with their head like you say yes. So I knew already when you, if you ask a question to an employee or something and they say they nod with their head, like they would say yes in our language, I knew it was the opposite, you know? So, and things like that, and that makes my life and stay easy and pleasure. It makes a lot of sense to study a little bit before well, you go there. You, otherwise, when you were in those Asian countries, those Asian countries, you see the culture is completely different from our cultures. 
culture, the European culture, and they have their own. And though they say Asian, but Asia is different, you know, Korea, Japan, Hong, China, Philippines, each one, they have their own modus operandi. So you got to understand, you got to understand their feelings and the way you talk, the way you say hello. And, and it's very important to that. So that, uh, that's why I, I always engage in the book to understand their way of thinking and make my life easier. It makes sense. It makes sense. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So, Cafe Abrachi. Yeah. Tell me the magic behind Cafe Abrachi. So, when did it start? How did it? How did it happen? What was the inspiration? Well, there is no magic on that. You said. You said. So I did not say that. The thing is to stay on top all the time. To go. To be fr- I love my job. I live for my job. Mm-hmm. And I do it with passion. And when you do a job with passion, you know, it is, everything is easier. When you love what you do, makes things easier. So this is the magic. And also, I have a good team here. I have a very good team. Very important. So... To create, to create a good team where you work, you know? So that's, if we can call the magic, that's what the magic is. Good team is essential. You know, you cannot, you can be the star, but you got to create and form the good team. That's what they play for you, you know? You play soccer, you can be the star, you can be Pelé, Maradona, Messi. But if you don't have good players around you, they help you to do the play, you are not as good. So, so I created a good team. 30% of my staff has been here since day one. And, uh, and then 40% has been here over 20 years. So that's the magic of the restaurant. Is there any particular thing that you do that makes people stay? So I understand that in the restaurant business is very high turnover of people, right? You are absolutely right. You see, I started out in my country at 12 summertime. I was a busboy. I was a dishwasher. I was a waiter. I was a cook. I was a chef. I was a bartender. I went through all these stages. And I understand how they feel, but more so I understand how to treat them. When it's time to reprimand, how to reprimand, and when they make an innocent mistake just because of ignorance, instead to generalize things. The fact that I was there before makes a world of difference. I went through that Camino the path. And by looking around, I can detect the situation, good or bad, sad or happy, tragic or dramatic. I can see that. So also the way to say things to them and to command them because I was there. And I remember when I was 
maybe reprimanded or the way they show me what I like, what I dislike, what I hate and what I didn't hate, what I respected, what I didn't respect. So that helped the longevity of my employees. You understand? Definitely. As a student of, of management, I, I studied business and sometimes when you're an entry-level employee and your boss hasn't gone through the things you're going because he got hired just to be the manager, you know, and he hasn't gone through those things. Like you said, you, you've been there. You've been in every level of the position, so you know the good and the bad, so you can identify with their employee. That's what you're saying, right? Right. Absolutely. I know exactly things. So, and you're right, uh, and many uh, in the management level, they, they go to school, they study, but the practical point of view is, is what makes the difference in succeeding in managing, in managing the people. That's good for me. I'm talking for myself, you know, because what I learned in my youth, honestly, you don't learn this on the books because you have to make it an experience. And I made an experience. So I know how to teach because I've been taught how to show. Well, and then go back to the original question. You said, you said the magic word, which is the magic, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. So... So is the is the magic. So that's what it is. And that mentality that you have is so important. Well, you know, absolutely, absolutely. You know what the number one problem in is? Whether it's a restaurant or a or a boutique or a shop or a banker, is the staff. The employmania is the number one problem and difficulty you have. Because otherwise they turn over one after another one. And particularly, as you said, in the, in the restaurant business, you're absolutely right. There is an enormous high turnover. I don't. In the kitchen, half of the kitchen has been there since day one. And I'm not an easy person. And I'm not a forgiving person. My attitude is my staff. I don't care much if they like me or not, but I do care they respect me. There's, there's the point, you know, because I think back of my times, my bosses, whom I like and whom I respect. That's what counts. When you have an employee, they respect you, they perform better, they give better, and they take passion of what they do. And you're teaching them too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been done. Yes. Every day. In fact, like many of my employees, they laugh. They say with Pernetti, you go to school every day. They still say nowadays when I teach and I plan, you know, absolutely. And I end up with that. Yeah, I'm on the floor. Hands on. I'm not in the office during lunchtime and dinner time. I am where the customers are. And that's where you have to be. Because staying in my chair, I call my desk chair a lonely chair because it's always alone. 
you have to be there where the people are. You have to show the face to welcome and see what is going wrong. So then restaurants stay successful. Then we are in business for 31 years and still doing good. Right? That's awesome. I know a lot of my friends um, agree. They prefer to have a boss that they respect, that is tough, that teaches, that, that is willing to help you grow and understands what that takes than having a boss that is, you know, that does not get involved, that is, that is, that has a closed door mentality. You know, that's the best way to approach. I, I agree. I agree with you. I like that mentality when it comes to the team. Right. Right. So obviously this is an Italian cafe because by the name and by you, I see you have a lunch menu. I have a dinner menu. Yes. Is there a favorite of the people that you see that's that people like to have in your restaurant you mean the favorite as a dish yes or as a waiter or what? yeah oh yes you have many people like all of us uh, uh you go many times to a restaurant because you like that particular dish yes and you like this particular fish meat appetizer absolutely it's, it's full and that uh, create me a, a <laughs> A, a positive problem because I cannot change the menu because there's so many they like this and the other one they like that so I have to stick with this because because they like it it's because usually uh, on the restaurant you turn around the menu every three months you change half half of the items you see you see, because you you rotate but they don't want because they come specific when sometime I I change some of the item, you know, they call me right away, threaten me not to come back anymore because I love that and I come there for that. So I say, okay, so we put it back on the menu. I can see myself doing that, going to a place, loving something that you make, and then all of a sudden it's not there. <laughs> and suddenly it's not there. You don't like it, you know? So so that's what we have. A very, I have a very loyal clientele, I have to say. 90% is repeated customers. Beautiful. I don't have no tourists at all. So although Miami is a touristy city, I have no tourists at all. Uh, obviously, I'm not South Beach or Miami Beach or things like that. But only customers, residents all around the area. That's what I have. Is, is your food pooling from particular areas of Italy or all over the place? I know there is a tendency to say... Uh, are you northern, southern, east, and like that? I always answered, it's, good, it's a good Italian food. And you don't have to go by region. You know, when uh, it's like when you like a woman, you don't go by race, country, you like it. Right? Yep. I'm not asking your opinion, but it's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> are you pulling anything from the other countries you've visited, or is this strictly Italian? No, because then I will deviate. I deviate my concept. You see, I I know of, of course, I know of uh, Turkish food, the Malaysian food, Singaporean food, Korean food. I know all the specialty and everything, but I don't because we are Italian. We, you see, in my opinion, uh, you get you, to have a restaurant. You must give an identity. 
And if I tell you, let's say, a big restaurant, oh, international cuisine, what does it mean? What? From whom? For what? You know? And, and to be successful, my opinion, of course, and it works for me, you, got to, you must give an identity. Can be Peruvian, can be Italian, can be Cuban, can be French, but an identity. So you know where you go. When you go there, you know what you have and what you will eat. If you want to eat steak, you go to Ruth Chris or, or Norton's or whatever. They serve steaks only. You know, they have an identity. They have something else too. But the main identity is meat and baked potato and Caesar salad. It's an identity of, of an American fair. So that's what I'm saying. So I stick to my own. All Italian. You modernize because it's no, you know, food. If, if there is an evolu evolution, not evaluation, evolution on food too. And also more than that, there is uh, the people became more knowledgeable with the food channels on the televisions. You go back 30 years ago, probably many people didn't know what mozzarella was, or 20 years ago. Now everybody wants a mozzarella, burrata, and you name it, branzino, the fish, this and that, because the knowledge of the people, food-wise, is enormous. We didn't have 20, 30 years ago all these magazine gourmet, which also went out of business, gourmet, bon appetit, and et cetera, et cetera. Many, many uh, 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 cookbooks, which I wrote one myself, a cookbook, the recipe of my own restaurants. Nice, glossy paper, and glossy photographs. But the people, so now they become more sophisticated. They know. So that's for the wines. Before you got all the wines, there was not that Buddhist boom on the wines. But people, everybody has a little salad at home. Everybody knows the difference between a Merlot and Malbec. Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio, Brunello di Montalcino, because people, there is an evolution in their knowledge too. That makes myself the point. Yes, yes, definitely. Tell me a little bit about the ambience in Café Bracci. That's a good question. Ambience is relaxed. Of course, we, the Bracci, the decor is nice, warm. I do change the decor every five, six years because it goes with the, the way of life, with the style of life in America, okay. you know, and uh, you can, I cannot be stay with the same color of tablecloths, of napkin, menu shapes, the inside decor too, the bathroom change because it got... You see, uh, when I was saying before, when you go to a country, you got to understand their mentality, their habits. Here you got to change. They look materialistic, I'm telling you. You cannot stay for 30 years with the same walls, the same chandelier, the same sconces, the same paintings. I turn around. I do a 360-degree turnaround because of that. People want, and I do constantly. 
that comes from my hotel education. You know, you set this aside a little budget every year, and you keep changing. Change the carpet, the color, you change this, you change that. It goes on. You don't, I never close in 31 years, except uh, when we had Andrew here. So you return for three, for three days. But otherwise, we always open lunch and dinner. So, so, but it's a constantly move, change and change. When I mean change is upgrade, change the look. The walls, they were pink, now they are green. Or they were red, now they are purple. But you change. People want to see evolution. And also, there is another thing that the consumer, my, my, my patrons, they want to see you spend the money where they spend the money too. You want, it's no. It's like we taxpayer. You want to see where the tax money goes, on what fabrication, what improvements takes part. So in the same, it's the same theory. That's like, what I do. I like I like that theory, <laughs> that that comparison. Yeah, well, it's a comparison stand. It's time, you know. Absolutely. Let's say I want to take a date. I want to take a girl out, and I want to take her to a cafe Abraci. And I was, and I will ask you, hey, Nino, can you recommend me good date experience at Cafe Abrachi? How can I impress a girl at Cafe Abrachi? Well, when you call for the reservation, I will call, ask you, are you serious with the girl? You want to marry a girl? Or is it your first date or is it a blind date? Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> I will guide you too, you know, and uh, you give a special table. Location is very important when you come in on a first date or any date. They will put nice flamboyant waiters there. Okay. I'll suggest you what a nice wine, you know, just to make a thing, the, the occasion. You talk and you display things. That's what you would do to impress her. I have about 50, at least 50 people. They come in on the first day, they've been married, and they still come around celebrating and we laugh on that because I will tell her, you know what, let me tell you something now that you've been married. Joe or Peter, whatever the name, he told me to put special spices inside there in your food so you would say yes. And I did. <laughs> and so, you know, and they have a good laugh on that. You see? Or, or to make something up for that. Absolutely. A hundred people that they, they were here on their first date and then they got married. Yes. Oh, sounds to me like a, like it's a good luck then. Well, we have a bar. <laughs> we have a bar, an independent bar. When I say independent bar, means that you go to the not the counter, but independent for the, from the restaurant per se. It's all within the premises, but it's there. So when you sit at the bar, it's nice. You don't have to rush. And especially when you come with your friends, table of four or party of four, six, eight, most people say, okay, we will meet at the bar and then we go in. It's nice because, you know, when you go out with two, three other couples, you know, they keep you waiting, standing at the, at the door, or maybe you go at the bar counter, but it's all full. You're still standing. Instead, we have tables, little tables, and you sit, you sit at the bar 
whether we have a nice Florentine stained glass at the ceiling, which is breathtaking. If you look on our website, you know, stained glass, which is over 100 years old. So it's cozy. And even there, you come here, you sit at the bar, and then when you're ready, you go in. Or even sometimes if the table is not ready for whatever reasons, you stay at the bar, you have your little drink, and then you move in. So that's why I made a bar, to make it more cozy, to make it more welcome, to make it more personal, familiar, warm, romantic. Is there, is there a particular drink you can recommend to us? Uh, well, we have two or three, but it's not a cocktail lounge that you go and these drinks back and forth. If you know special drinks, which is very popular, is nowadays April Spritz, you know, but uh, if it comes in, you have a, the ladies that, was what I was saying before, they're also knowledgeable now, they will ask the cocktail. And our bartenders, they know what the, co the, co what the cocktail is. The bartender, if he doesn't know, will ask the spelling of the cocktail. He will check with Google, and then he will prepare it for you. But people, what I said before, they know already what, what they want. You know, they don't come in for cocktail. It's not a cocktail bar. The cocktail okay. left and right with this, yeah. But standard cocktails, we have them, of course. Okay. Do you, and do you stick to, to the menu, or is there, like... Um, is there flexibility outside of the menu? Is there a, a, a secret option that sometimes is always? Yeah. No, we have the specials every day. Okay. You know, because you also have people, they know the menu by memory. And we have our specials, you know, you have the fish, you have the pasta, the appetizer, meat, risotto. You have, we have the special. We have five, six specials every day. That's, that's what it goes because you know the menu. Is there a part you enjoy the most of of running the restaurant of of the whole experience does that make sense yeah i i understand your question the best things is to see the joy in your face the joy in your eyes i want to see you're happy what you eat and i can look at you while you're eating from distance i can see you are happy what you eat you're happy of the company you're happy of the menu, you're happy in the mood, and you're happy on the venue where you are. That's, that's my satisfaction of running the hotel, uh, the rest, the STC hotels, you see, the restaurants. You know, the joy, satisfaction of my patrons. I call them friends. My friends, all my friends. Well, it definitely feels like that as when you like a place and you can connect with the food and the people and the ambience and everything, it does feel um, like like home sometimes. So it your description is solid to me. Yeah. Is there is there anything else you'd like to share? I know we're running out of we're running out of time. We go back you when you said the word the magic of Abraci, and I give you a rundown what Abraci is. You know, you come here and you relax. You eat good food. And I always say, when you sit down, if I know you're new, I said, one of our things, I said, listen, Alessandro, if you don't like something, you have 40 days money back guarantee on everything. 
14 or 40? 40. 40. Wow. <laughs> awesome. You, you understand? You got to, you said, you have yes. four days. If you don't like it, you have 40 days to return it. You get your money back. <laughs> I understand. I Even understand. on the wine, I say. Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Sure. To tell us about um, Cafe Abrachi and we get to we um, we get to know you a little bit and and the concept behind your your cafe and I look forward to for my first visit. Okay. It's been my pleasure. All right. Thank you. Thank yeah. you.